Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. It is Fizz Radio time. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. Wow, we got a great pairing today. Jaron May here, and we got John Eads as well. John, how are we feeling today? Feeling good. Ready to hop on the mic here and play some Bones. I know I'm not as good as Bones is, but I'll try and do my best for you here. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, I like that energy, though. I know my my normal partner, Matt Bonaparte, not here, but hey, that's all right. We we live, we adapt, we change. Let's give a quick rundown of the show. We're going to talk you, Albany, a little recap. There's a couple different players that really stood out during that game. Of course, we're going to preview Friday's game against Liberty, what to focus on for Syracuse, what to focus on for the Flames. And then we'll go to summer school with Matt Bonaparte. He's going to make a quick guest appearance. And, of course, fictional fizz and fizz feedback. So uh, a lot to talk about, John. Let's hop right into things, and let's start with the UAlbany recap. And when we look at this game, 62-24, to the offense jumps off the page, and it specifically starts with Sean Tucker. Obviously, everyone knows already how great he was. Five touchdowns, over 250 all-purpose yards, both receiving and rushing. Uh, This guy, and I guess we can divulge this conversation into a larger one, John, but this guy... Right now, and yes, it was against an FCS opponent, but he seems like he might be in that conversation for number 44. Oh, absolutely. And I know that might strike a chord with some of our listeners here because of the tradition and everything that goes into that. There was actually a lot of discussion on Radio Row around Syracuse this week about bringing 44 back, maybe giving it to Sean Tucker. My thing is, you shouldn't earn that number based off of your performance in a game against a team that is an FCS team, okay? But if Sean Tucker continues to dominate like this and put up numbers like this against some of the best, not only could he be in consideration for Heisman Trophy candidate, that's not really a word, but he could be in contention for that 44. Come on. That's the only way he'd be getting 44. You got to think about this tradition. John. Are we saying that Sean Tucker is a legitimate Heisman candidate? If he if he takes Syracuse to at least an eight-win season, I think so. It'd be pretty miraculous if you ask oh, me. Oh, my God. You can't be a Heisman candidate if your team isn't, you know, winning a bowl game. And yeah, Syracuse eight wins is, is a bowl gonna... game. Oh, John, do you think that Syracuse is going to win a bowl game? That's depends the on which question. one they make. just depends on which one they make. You think that they're going to make one? That's yeah. the first worry. Okay. They're making one in your in your brain. You have Syracuse winning six games and making it to a bowl. Yeah, this Friday is the coming out party for what will be the next bowl team for Syracuse football. I'm flabbergasted. Okay. Absolutely hey, flabbergasted hey, for Johnny. You were pessimistic entering the season. Now you're a little bit more lenient. You've given Syracuse four no, wins. I was somewhat optimistic coming in, so now I'm a little bit more optimistic. How many how many wins did I give uh, the Orange going into this season? Going in, I think you get. I mean, you tell me. You're the one that made the predictions. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I should probably know that. I think I I think I only gave them four. I think I said three to four. I'm gonna okay. find this out and and let you know and throw that back in your face because there's <laughs> no way that I had any type of. Uh, support for this team i just know that for a fact no that's Uh, what i'm saying 
I'm, that's what I'm saying. You you were pretty pessimistic coming in three or four wins. I still I think, am pessimistic. But you, you, you said you're a little bit less pessimistic now. You know what I'm saying? No, I st- I'm still very pessimistic. All right, let's get back to you, Albany. Again, this is Fizz Radio, <laughs> Jaron May and John Eads. Uh, John, you, Albany, the guy that's kind of going under the radar, and honestly, it's kind of disrespect that he is going under the radar, is Cody Roscoe, the, the former FCS player, second season with the Orange, has three sacks in a game. That is more than all of last year combined, plus his half a sack earlier this season. All throughout his entire SU career, he had never had a combined three sacks. However, he gets them all in one game and doesn't even get the recognition that he deserves. Yeah, I've been trying to single-handedly lead this charge of getting people to know and understand who this Cody Roscoe guy is. Because he changed numbers from last season, 97 to 18. And you look out there, you're like, who's this number 18 guy? Why is he consistently getting to the quarterback? Why is he consistently making tackles? Folks, that's Cody Roscoe. Like Jaron said, comes from McNeese State. That's an FCS school, and he's been taking snaps from Kingsley Jonathan this year because he's been on the sideline. I don't know if it's because of injury or disciplinary things. Hasn't really been said. Hasn't really been talked about. Kind of an underrated thing there. But Cody Roscoe looks like he belongs out on the field there. You mentioned the three-sack game against UAlbany. Also had seven tackles against Rutgers and was a key contributor in that game, albeit a loss, but still played a big role in Syracuse dominating that line of scrimmage and well, trying to keep the orange in it for as long as possible. Goes into a bigger conversation on this defensive line post this year is, you know, this year it's impressive. You know, I all credit where credit is due. The defensive line last season was a little lackluster despite they had a, still a lot of experience. They have even double experience now because all of those guys, Kingsley Jonathan, Josh Black, McKinley Williams, they all return, all three starters. And now you have all th- all three of those starters, plus you have Caleb Okachukwu contributing. You have Cody Roscoe contributing. You have some other guys contributing. This defensive line is as good as it will be in the uh, right now this season, probably in the next five years. I don't think this defensive line post this year will be any better than this season until an- at least another five more seasons. Well, that's fair, but it's also pretty obvious, right? Because, I mean, you look at how much experience is in that room right now, and at some point, you're not going to continue to get these extra years of eligibility due to COVID and injuries and whatever else. So you're going to have a lot of guys leaving this team and leaving that defensive line room in a couple of years. But what might help is the talent you have at linebacker. All the young talent, Michael Jones, Stephon Thompson, Marlo Wax, Jeff Canton, Arku, and they can kind of make up for that loss that you're going to have in the next couple of years. But, you know, we're still in this season, so let's enjoy it, right? Right. I'm just saying for next year, it's a little worrisome. Now, uh, again, Fizz Radio, Jared May, John Eads. John, let's get to the last part of, you know, you, Albany, that I kind of want to touch on, and then I'm going to switch gears uh, real quick on you because I don't even think you know that I'm going to throw this at you, but just be ready. Something is going to oh, get boy. switched at some point. Yeah. All oh, right. boy. All right. Uh, penalties. Penalties, penalties, penalties. Syracuse had more penalty yards against you, Albany, than you, Albany, had offensive yards you albany offensive yards 128 uh penalties for syracuse what was it i think it's like 16 for 64 yeah. yeah 16 penalties 164 yards i mean you can't win football games against fbs opponents like you can you can do it against an fcs opponent but when you're playing in the acc a power five conference you can't be having those stupid penalties that just kill you time in and time out I think that was a school record, the amount of yardage that it was for. I mean, it has to be. 
there were a couple of career marks that were made in that game. That was one of them, not one you definitely want to have and not something you want to reflect on when you look back at that Albany game. And like you said, you can afford to do that against a team like the Great Danes, but you cannot against a team like Liberty coming up on Friday and then really against any ACC team. If you put up 164 penalty yards, now that might be more yards than Syracuse puts up against a team in a game. I don't think so, but some people could say that. You do that against a team with a pulse, you're probably losing by at least four touchdowns. That has to so stop. Are you, are you being rude to the U Albany Great Danes right now? Yes. And saying they don't have a pulse? Yes. They're 0 3. Wow. I mean, wow. Jaron, what is the. You make an argument. You tell me they have a pulse. I don't. Be the I doctor don't. here. I, All right. There we I go. Don't. I don't. I just like to, you know, sometimes rub that in a little bit. All right. We'll see them in lacrosse season. Then they can show us they got a pulse. Hey, how about how about 96 on U uh, Albany? Because I know you're. Yeah, what's you're his name? Obviously. Well, help me out here. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. Come on. They're big defensive linemen. You oh, got this. Gosh. I'm looking at two names right. here. Had two TFLs. One from Joe Casale, Casale, Anthony nope. Lang. Are, are those nope. who you're talking about? No. Nope. I, I, when you say it, when you say it, I would know what it what it is, uh, but it's neither of those guys. Well, they only oh, had it's two Jared TFLs. It's, it's, it's Jared Verse. Uh, he had four tackles. He, what did he do? Hold on. Would you let me set this up, please? Go ahead. The pe- the people want to hear this. What? Uh, all right. So Jared Verse, ninety six, best defensive player on U Albany, went out with an injury. However, something interesting from the media opportunity with Dino Babers this past week. One of the beat reporters for the team actually asked him, uh, ninety six on U Albany, which again is Jared Verse. He was really good, and Dino was like, "Yeah, he was fantastic." And then someone said, is that one of the guys that could make the jump from the FCS to the FBS? And Dino basically went into, hey, I can't really do that. NCAA, you know, there's some rules where I can't talk on uh, certain players and yada, yada, yada. Nice way of saying no. No, I actually think that that's a way of, (laughs) yeah, because that guy is a serious dude that I think could be a Cody Roscoe type that could, you know, make the jump and be a junior you know have two more years of eligibility and be able to contribute somewhere in the fbs okay that's an interesting angle actually maybe syracuse will look to poach him next year because like you said they might be needed some bodies on that d line so you there know you what go. jaron fair point i'll give you it okay all right i'm gonna throw this curveball before we hit a break on fizz radio jaron mayed and john eats uh john there's a curveball that was thrown actually today we're recording this on thursday and this is just a podcast version of Fizz Radio, so we appreciate you uh, checking out all of our content, orangefizz.net, searching Orange Fizz on Twitter and SoundCloud, uh, plenty of stuff out there. Syracuse MIAC, all right? <laughs> MIAC, if you don't know what that is, it's the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, and I would not blame you for not knowing that. Now, this is not only football, this is the Syracuse University, all athletics, and an entire conference. And we've been seeing throughout really all, specifically really college football, but throughout college athletics for the past couple months, uh, a lot of different alliances, a lot of different changes. Obviously, the Big Ten, the Big 12 losing Texas and Oklahoma to uh, SEC, that was kind of the catalyst for all of this. And then the Pac-12, the ACC, and the Big Ten create an alliance. So it's just a lot of different moving parts. However, Syracuse announced today that they have an alliance with the MEAC, which basically over the next 10 years 
means that Syracuse is going to play almost a hundred or fifty to a hundred competitions with MEAC schools. I, I don't, John. I'll just throw this out there. I don't get it. I don't understand why this is a thing. I mean, I get it from the perspective of like a basketball team where you have to stuff your schedule with those non-conference games early on in the season. You can't just play in the Maui Invitationals every year and open up with an ACC opponent and play all the SEC teams. So I understand it from that perspective, but from a football standpoint, Syracuse actually just a few minutes ago scheduled one of those MEAC teams, Morgan State. That's now the fourth FCS team Syracuse will play in the next seven or eight years. I hate it, really. I mean, you're just paying for wins, but... I don't know. You, you shouldn't here's, a, be... here's a better question. What John. is the point? No, yeah, I like that question. Why the MEAC? Yeah. Hey, how I... did how did how did and and Syracuse flaunts this as this is the first ever first of its kind agreement aligning a specific institution with a actual major conference. Well, they just say conference, but it's weird that a school is partnering with a conference. Like it, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand why you chose the MEAC. I don't get why you want to pick a really crap. I, I guess, you know, it'll just be automatic wins for probably 99% of your sports. Like I don't really think Morgan state is going to beat up on any of your sports, whether it be uh basketball, whether it be football, whether it be lacrosse uh, or any of the Olympic sports. I don't, see that happening so i guess you're you're paying for wins and this is probably a win for the MEAC. they're probably getting some money out of it i just don't understand why this is happening i get i don't know too much about the non-revenue sports here and how their scheduling works like i don't know rowing and softball and stuff so maybe it was advantageous for those kind of sports who need opponents on their schedule maybe the MEAC actually has some good teams in some of these sports that nobody really follows but i kind of hate how it trickles into the football and basketball side of things because earlier this summer Jaron we saw Syracuse schedule Tennessee in a neutral site game that's fun that's exciting this MEAC stuff is not you're paying a school hundreds of thousands of dollars to come to the dome or you know wherever and just get smacked so all right so John Eads is not excited about Syracuse and the MEAC I am also not but after the break on Fizz Radio we're gonna get excited because Liberty is coming up this Friday night. It is a Friday night football game under the lights in the dome. Malik Willis. Oh, we got so much to talk about. Don't go anywhere on Fizz Radio. Back here on Fizz Radio, it is Jaron May and John Eads breaking everything down. And we got to break down the game on the schedule for Syracuse football Friday night lights. Oh, it is a great matchup between Syracuse and Liberty. And this one is interesting to me because, you know, you go back to 2019, Syracuse goes down to Liberty in the first ever meeting between the two schools and absolutely wiped the floor. I'm pretty sure the, the score was 28 to nothing. It was a it was a complete 24. blowout. 24 nothing. 24. Thank you. Yep. And and granted, Hugh Freeze was in a hospital bed, if you remember that, in the press <laughs> in the press box. So that did happen. But then Liberty comes up to the Dome last season with a much improved roster with Malik Willis, who's the star quarterback, which of course we will talk about in just a little bit. And they punch Syracuse right in the mouth and take the orange down in the Dome after they play New York, New York in the locker room, which I don't really think Liberty understands that Syracuse is actually not New York City, but that's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) 
now this Friday night, it's kind of the grudge match. You know, it's round number three. Who wins? It's best of three or best of, I guess, yeah, best of three who who gets to the first two wins. Uh, in this matchup, and I know you're a little more high on Syracuse, I personally think that it's Liberty by a blowout. Uh, but I do think that there could be somewhere in my gut that I could find Syracuse, you know, hanging around and maybe making it interesting. For everyone doubting Syracuse, I just want you to think about where this team was at this time last year, because really it's kind of the same situation, right? You had no spring football, new defensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator. Tommy DeVito was down. The defense just had no idea what it was doing, plain and simple. Everybody's back this year. Everyone seems to know what they're doing. We've seen three games worth of action. And from what I've seen, especially that Rutgers game, if you're going to have any takeaways from the Syracuse team, the Syracuse defense, that's the game you want to look at. From what I saw in that game, I have full confidence that the defense can keep the orange in it and the offense can do just enough to roll and score points. Okay. Wow. You were ready for that one. You are, you, you are all in on Syracuse. All right. So let's talk about that because we're going to go to summer school in just a little bit and get the Liberty side of things. And I'll explain what that means in, you know, a, a couple minutes when we get there, but let's stay on the Syracuse side of things specifically, you know, what are your keys to the game? Because at least for me, and I'll, I'll kind of give mine and it's going to be the dummy one, but it's, it's number one, uh, you have to contain Malik Willis because he already has four rushing touchdowns on the season, which is top five of FBS quarterbacks. He already has seven throwing touchdowns. So all together through the first four games, he has 11 combined TDs. He's rushing for nearly 100 yards every single game, rather first three games, excuse me. They to, uh, Friday's game is going to be Liberty's fourth. So He's a menace, and he is, a lot of people think he's a one-trick pony and can only run, but this year, he's th he's shown that he can also throw the ball really well, so my big key is contain Malik Willis, and then offensively for Syracuse, is just keep feeding Sean Tucker. I have three keys for this game. The first one to is to is to establish a run game. Syracuse had just 97 yards on the ground last year in this game, and that's probably because, if you remember, the offensive line had a fullback playing left guard, and the unit just really had no idea what it was doing. It was incompetent. Much better this year. So establish that run game. Use Sean Tucker. Uh, use Abdul Adams, use Jarvion Howard, even Tommy DeVito in spurts if you want to get that ground game going. You have to establish that. And on the other side, you got to shut down Liberty's run game because they had 338 yards on the ground last year, seven per carry, so many big plays where Syracuse either missed tackles, didn't fill a gap well, didn't run downhill, and the safeties took poor angles too. So, I mean, I know you remember Shedro Lewis just run through massive holes oh, and taking yeah. them for house calls every time. Yeah, you got to avoid that, that this year. Yarder. Oof. Yep, yep. I think he had like two of them, honestly. Yeah. He might still be running right now to this day. Uh, but in that Rutgers game, you didn't really see any of those big plays. And this is a Rutgers offense that had scored 61 points the week before against Temple. So I think Syracuse has shown the ability to control the line of scrimmage. They'll have to do it once again against Liberty. And my final key to this game is turning the Flames offense one-dimensional. Okay, LU has one receiver. His name's Demario Douglas. 16 catches, 185 yards. The next receiver has six so I think it's a very top-heavy offense, just like Syracuse has Taj Harris as the alpha dog and really no established wide receiver, too. If you could put Garrett Williams, assuming he plays, he was out last week, need Garrett Williams to play, or Deuce Chestnut for that matter, put him on Demario Douglas, force Malik Willis to find other ways to move the football, I think that's a recipe for success. Okay. All right. I like that. You were just ready to go with that one as well. Um, okay. I, 
I, I mean, I agree with it. There's another angle to all of this, and you kind of hinted at it. You said uh, to establish the run game, you can also use Tommy DeVito. But I think we can both agree that the better runner of the two Syracuse quarterbacks is actually Garrett Schrader. And that becomes the conversation, the age-old conversation, and it'll continue to be a conversation. I know people are probably sick of listening to it, but you got to keep talking about it until it's finally worked out. Who do you want at quarterback? And here, I'll ask you that one. I'll give you my take after, and then I got something else for you. If you've been listening to the preview podcast, you know how I stand on this issue. Tommy DeVito's your guy. Which you can go catch on SoundCloud by searching Orange Fizz. Little pitch, little pitch. Thanks, Jen. Appreciate that. Tommy DeVito's the guy. Stop with the quarterback carousel. Stop rotating him in and out of the game. Okay, Tommy DeVito's your guy. Go with him. Stick with him. He showed me this year that he has the ability to move this offense, and uh, it's really just it boils down to his ability to move in the pocket. He's improved in that facet. He's been able to throw the ball well. Stick with him. Go with him. Enough with it. What do you think? Uh, I'm also in on that, but I I would not be opposed to using garrett schrader as a Taysom hill type where he's not in there you know you're not giving him full drives and you're not going you know three drives with tommy then three drives with with schrader you're going the entire game with tommy but there's that you know maybe five plays a game five to ten plays a game you just want to change up the look you want Taysom hill to be that x factor of you can line him up in the slot you can line him up outside you can put him in motion and and give him a little handoff and then he becomes a wide out or a running back or you pitch it to him and he can stop on a dime and throw or just line him up as a quarterback and just have him be a kind of dual threat qb i'm not totally out on that idea but what i am i, I out like on, that you like that? I like All that. All right, cool. Uh, and I, I think you can use Schrader in the red zone. Sorry, continue. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And especially because he's a bigger body than Tommy DeVito. He can take a couple more hits. So if you need that power look and put him under center, put him under center, and I trust him a little more than Tommy DeVito. But um, there's that. That that also then becomes, well, is it just showing your cards every time that Garrett Schrader goes in, hey, this is going to be a run. You'd have to find the balance there. Um, well, you I don't also, know because he's a quarterback. He's not I just, you know. Yeah, I do have a question though because I, I or I would question if the Syracuse offense and coaches would put in that complex of a system because you know just how <laughs> dummy this uh, dummy proof this offense really is. They do not try to go any type of uh, fun or anything different or anything like well, that. Well. They tried to put in a special punt against Rutgers, and Jared, I don't uh, know if you remember that punt, but it didn't really work out too well. Went yeah, about that's 10 not, yards. That's so. not what I'm thinking about. Um, now, what I am out on, so I like that idea that I just pitched. What I am out on is continuing to have this QB battle when you get into the ACC. And you get into the ACC next week. Liberty is your final non-conference game. So if you need to use Liberty as your final uh you know, testing out point to see who's going to be your guy, then so be it. And I'll put up with it for one more week, but you cannot be doing this two quarterback system. When you get to the Clemson's and the, and the, who else are good? Do they have NC state is really good this season. Uh, there are Wake. plenty, even FSU. I know FSU is having a bad season. Oh, cold take. FSU is having a horrible season. No, they're not good. 
<laughs> oh, okay. All right. So we're agreeing. All right. Yeah. Yes. But I'm just saying you're going, you're going to FSU. That's a difficult place to play. You're going to Virginia Tech. That's a difficult place to play at NC State. They're solid this year. Pitt is always going to play you difficult. So I'm just saying before you get to conference play, you got to make up your mind. And this Friday night is the final opportunity to make up that decision. Here's my thing. This is something that should have been decided in preseason training. Okay, obviously it didn't happen, so I'm not going to go off on a separate soapbox about that. Babers said he wanted this decision made after the UAlbany game. Decision was not made. Now you're playing a Liberty team that's won 15 of its last 16 games, spent a lot of weeks ranked last season, is right on the border of being ranked again this season. This isn't a game that's experimental. You shouldn't be deciding on who your quarterback is in this game. This is a game you should be winning. You should know who your quarterback is going into this game, not during it. That's what pisses me off the most about this situation. Ooh, wow. We are getting spicy here on Fizz Radio, Jaron May and John Eads. John is uh, a little heated. Honestly, it makes sense. I, I, I get where you're coming from, though, because there's a couple different angles there. Number one, it, you have to think that Babers' job is somewhat on the line, even though he still has a couple more years on his contract. You would think that he would feel a little more pressured to make that decision and make it sooner rather than later so that hopefully he can grab some wins. And especially this is one of those games that – uh, yeah, a couple of the ACC games are going to be probably easier than Liberty, a.k.a. I think Wake Forest. I think now that BC without Dracovic, um, I think Louisville could also be winnable. There are a couple of those games that are probably at this same level, but you're right. If you are Babers or if you're the team that wants to make a bowl game, like Liberty is one of those games that you circle and say, this is a must win because you know the Clemsons and the Virginia Techs and the uh, NC States of the schedule are going to be 99% are going to be losses. It's, so. it's a critical game. It's a springboard game. You need to have your best 11 on both sides of the ball going out there at every opportunity. And from where I'm sitting right here, it does not look like they even know who their top 11 are, and that's a problem. They don't even know who their top one is because quarterback is number one, and you need to answer that question first all right that's our liberty preview we're gonna go to summer school after the break what that means is well you'll figure out but matt bonaparte will be with us and he's gonna talk with liberty's play-by-play announcer alan york in our little interview series that happens this past summer so summer school after the break on fizz radio don't go anywhere Welcome back to Fizz Radio, Jaron May and John Eads, and we're now going to hand it off to Matt Bonaparte, who's going to take everyone to summer school. Welcome to another edition of Summer School, the series in which we speak to broadcasters representing SU's opponents in the upcoming football season. Today we're with Alan York, the play-by-play broadcaster of Liberty Football. Alan, thanks so much for being with me today. Good to be on with you, Matthew. Appreciate the time. Let's start by addressing one of the biggest talents Liberty has ever possessed. That, of course, comes in the form of quarterback Malik Willis. In his first collegiate season starting a quarterback, Willis threw for over 2,200 yards and 20 touchdowns while running for over 900 yards and 14 more touchdowns. There's no question about it. This kid is the real deal. I've seen comparisons to Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, and even the newly drafted Trey Lance. What can you tell me about Malik Willis, and do you have a pro comp for the young signal caller oh Malik Willis is the real deal like you said Matthew he uh, transferred in from Auburn two years ago uh, had to sit out as a transfer in 2019 
And there's a reason why he was a coveted recruit coming out of suburban Atlanta a few years back. Um, he, he's got all the skills to be a, a top quarterback, I think, at that higher level. I think those uh, comparisons that you talked about uh, are right on. Um, the, the best thing about him, I would say, is how humble he is. He puts the team above himself. Uh, but if uh, the team needs a big play, uh, number seven's the one to make it. So Malik Willis definitely um, high on a lot of draft boards, and whatever pub he's getting, it's well-deserved. And Hugh Freeze took over this program in 2019 and has since seen pretty much nothing but success. 8-5 and five in 19, 10-1 in 2020. SU has been getting to know Coach Freeze and the Flames for two seasons now. Syracuse fans probably remember Freeze best from the 2019 opener in Lynchburg, where the then-new coach did his job from a hospital bed after being treated for a potentially life-threatening staph infection. I think it's pretty safe to say there aren't many guys who take their job more seriously than Coach Freeze. What have you learned about him after being around him and the team for two years now? I think, uh, number one, he's a great coach. And you can follow his track record wherever he has been. Uh, Lambeth, Arkansas State, Old Miss, here at Liberty. Those that can do it at multiple stops uh, and do it successfully, you know they're good coaches. And that is definitely what he is. And just being around him, the, the team loves being around them and you go to practice they've got music playing there's a great vibe and let's call a spade a spade winning helps uh the vibe around your culture around your program and uh liberty's definitely been able to do that around you friends and back to Willis, as for his receivers, DJ Stubbs and Demario Douglas return. They were the team's most utilized receivers last year, but they weren't the only guys catching footballs. Kevin Shaw, CJ Daniels, and Noah Frith, they all return as well. What are you most looking forward to in terms of the personnel in the receiver core? I think for that group, just consistency. And we've got one in the league right now, Antonio Gandy-Golden, who kind of uh, set the mold for those guys in the program right now that uh, you can go to Liberty, you can get uh, looks at the at the NFL level. And I think the consistency is key for that group. I know Malik has done a great job, uh, you know, improving his skill set from a throwing standpoint. I've been in practice. He's definitely, you can tell he's worked on that. He's putting it pinpoint accuracy. And for those guys, they just need to catch the ball. And uh, Malik's definitely going to get it to them. It's what they do with it after those catches is uh, what we'll find out. And if Malik can't find a receiver, we know he can run it himself. The quarterback led the team in 2020 with 944 rushing yards. But besides him, Joshua Mack is returning to the backfield. He had a solid season rushing for nearly 800 yards and four touchdowns. The Flames do lose Peyton Pickett, but do get Utah transfer TJ Green as a replacement. Do you expect more of the same for this run game just to be led by Malik, or will Joshua Mack make a bigger name for himself? I think it's uh, whoever can get the yards. I mean, if Malik in our RPO system has a good read, he'll take it, he'll run. Uh, but if uh, you know he finds a different read and Joshua Mack and TJ Green and uh, Troy Henderson, there's a number of other backs that are younger that obviously are working their way up to depth charts. Uh, but it's a very unselfish team. And it's a team, Matthew, that has the entire offensive line coming back as well. So uh, it, it, as good as the talent is in the backfield, they're only as good as that O-line blocking for them. And uh, Liberty has a really good one coming back. 
You mentioned how many guys are coming back on the offensive line. On the defensive side of the ball, nine of the team's top 10 tacklers are coming back. This defense that helped Liberty become the 17th ranked team in the nation will be reformed in 2021 with a lot of the same guys. Alan, can you give me one name from each of the defensive line, linebacking core, and secondary who fans should know by the beginning of the season? So three names. Yeah, defensive line, uh, we'll go with uh, defensive end, uh, Treshawn Clark. Um, He'll be a third-year starter as a junior. Uh, Very good rush end. Uh, From a linebacker perspective, I'm going to go with uh, Rashad Harding would be one. And as we tape this, it is raining in my car. So if you hear the the pitter-patter, my apologies. (laughs) Uh, So Rashad Harding from the linebacker core would be another one. And secondary, uh, let's go with Javon Scruggs. He'll be a fourth-year senior. Uh, team captain has started since he's been on campus. He's a local product out of Lynchburg. Uh, so those are three names defensively that uh, when uh, Liberty plays Syracuse here in a couple of weeks on that Friday night in the Dome, that uh, fans might uh, hear their name called out a bunch. Probably too many times with Syracuse's offensive line struggles. Uh, but I do want to get back to Malik for just one more question. He has 15 to 1 odds to take home the Heisman, as well as 15 to 1 odds to be the number one pick in the 2022 NFL draft. Do you think he comes close to either? I don't know if you're a betting man. I'm not really asking you to be, but do you think he comes close? I think he's in the conversation. Um, and obviously, it all depends on the season that he does have. We've uh, internally talked about. Uh, Malik Willis uh, from a marketing perspective and what do we want to do um, should he really take off and uh, we're prepared to, uh, to push as much excitement uh, externally to the public and the media as we can about Malik Willis um, he kind of shudders away from all that stuff he just wants to win um, so 15 to 1 does he come close I would say yes gotcha all right one more question how optimistic should flames fans be for the upcoming season for the first time ever they ended the season as a ranked team ranked 17th of the nation what should they be looking forward to in 2021 everything (laughs) (laughs) back-to-back bowl wins for this liberty team i've been doing this 11 years here at liberty and there's not been a more anticipated season than 2021 um, and I think it's so vital for teams to have good starts with their season that have so much hype centered around them. Liberty does, even though they're not preseason top 25, which I thought they might even get a sniff at that, but uh, they are one of those teams receiving votes right outside it. Um, so this team opens up with FCS Campbell on September 4th and has a really good schedule ahead of it. Um, and so from a fan's perspective, I know they're just chomping at the bit for the season to get here like we all are, and uh, they're looking forward to everything that this Liberty team will put on the field. Should be an exciting season to be a Flames fan. Alan, thanks so much for taking the time. If you want to follow Alan, head over to Twitter at LUFlamesVoice. If you want more of our coverage, go to OrangeFizz.net or at OrangeFizz on Twitter. I'm Matt Bonaparte. See you next time. Matt, thanks so much. Always a fun segment. Summer School was fantastic. He is still continuing to do those interviews, so make sure you go check him out on our SoundCloud and our website, orangefizz.net. All right, after the break, we are going to wrap up Fizz Radio with Fictional Fizz and Fizz Feedback, my favorite two segments of the show, so make sure you stick around. 
Wrapping up shop here on Fizz Radio, Jaron May, John Eads. John, I was about to say Matt Bonaparte. He is not with us today, but he just brought us to summer school, so I appreciate him for that. Uh, but, John, let's get into at least my two favorite segments of the show, Fictional Fizz and Fizz Feedback. We'll start with Fictional Fizz. This is where I become a bookie, so I create random lines for this upcoming game between Syracuse and Liberty. I'm going to give you a couple over-unders. You're going to have to live react and tell me whether you want the over or the under. Make sense? Ready to go? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Uh, Sean Tucker, obviously coming off of his fantastic game a week ago. Uh, I'm going to put his rush yards over-under 105 and a half. Over. Easy. Wow. Easy. He had really? a, he had over 100 last year against the same defense with a worse offensive line coming off that huge performance against U Albany. I think his confidence is absolutely beaming, and that continues on Friday night. Big reason why Syracuse wins. So you don't want to take into account that Liberty is top 10 in the FBS uh, with rush defense only allowing 58 yards per game? No, because they've played Old Dominion. They've played Campbell and Troy. Only one of those teams has even somewhat relative of a pulse, Jaron. Wow, we, we love bringing up people's pulses uh, today on Fizz Radio. Listen, I'll also take the over, uh, and I'll agree with you. I just uh, I, I don't think I'm as confident as you are, and maybe I should become as confident as you are. Maybe that's why you know I emulate you, John Eads. I try to. All right, next one on Fictional Fizz. Malik Willis, over or under total touchdown. So throwing, pass, or throwing running, whatever you want to do, uh, two and a half. I'll take the over. I don't think there's any way that Liberty gets a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown, and I think the Flames are going to score somewhere around 30 points. So, you know, by that math, obviously, Willis has to be involved in the touchdowns in some capacity. So I'll take the over on that. All right, I'm going to throw out a random one that I actually did not write down, but it just popped in my head. Over, under, touchdowns, uh, players that score a touchdown not named Malik Willis for Liberty. The line is... What's the number? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. Uh, let's go two and a half. Two and a half? Um, hmm, good one. I only think there's one receiver that's going to score a touchdown, if he even scores a touchdown. It's Demario Douglas. And then you think Shedro like probably like gets one? Or maybe Yeah, I'll take, I'll take the over. I'll take the over because they got a th- a three deep at running back, so yeah. I think that maybe two or three of those backs might have one touchdown. Interesting, so. yeah. No, I'll, I'll take the under. I think I think Malik is really going to try to carry this one, uh, but I can see the over there. All right, uh, also for Malik, total touchdowns, I'll also take the over. I think he's probably more towards four. Um, all right, here we go. Last over, under, and fictional fizz. Liberty Sacks. Right now, they are top 15 in the country with 3.67 sacks per game. Syracuse, obviously, we know their offensive line is questionable at best. They were great in the opener. They were pretty good against... Uh, actually, they weren't fantastic against... Um, uh, against who am I thinking? U Albany, and then of course against Rutgers, they got pummeled. So over under three and a half eh. sacks for Liberty. Eh, I wouldn't say five sacks is pummeled. I mean, you, you think about how bad this line has been the past couple of years. But over under three. I just want to say that in the simulated version of this game, I think it was Treshawn Clark. He had six sacks. He was going against Aaron Service off the right side. I thought I thought that was pretty funny, um, but <laughs> unrelated completely. But I'm gonna take. I'm going to go under. 
I'm going to go under. Dakota Davis is back for Syracuse. They were shuffling the line against Albany. I kind of liked what I saw with Aaron Service at center and Carlos Vettorello at right tackle. You slot Davis in there somewhere. I think Syracuse is going to try to run the ball a lot, too, and obviously you can't get sacked when you're running the football. So over, over, okay. over, 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 yeah, well, over, Yeah, well, we expected that from you. That is an Why? easy over. They are elite. They've played Old get... Dominion, Campbell, and Troy. I, I could have gotten care. two or three sacks against them. I don't care, John. I really don't. This Syracuse offensive line is horrible, and they look good right now because they played Ohio and U Albany. It is the same argument. I can use your same argument right back at you. If what about Rutgers, saying, though? They got smashed in Rutgers. They no, gave up more no. Than three the and first half. half, they were spectacular. They and then Syracuse had some injury line, issues. John, John, the line is three and a half. Did they give up more or less than three and okay, a half against that Rutgers? Liberty de- the Liberty defensive line is not as talented as Rutgers. Think of Ola Kunle Fatakasi. He dominated. Liberty doesn't have a guy that's even close to the talent level that he is. Don't care. Don't care. No, you don't. Nah. The offensive can't, line can't face the is, facts. No, the offensive line is the fact. I don't care about the opponent. The offensive line is the fact. Uh, we'll see. All right, we'll see. I'm taking the over three and a half. That if could that agree, could be the hinge. That could be the hinge over me, under of the if game. If you agree with me, tweet at us at Orange Fizz and let's go to Twitter now for Fizz feedback. Again, it's no one's Jeremy agreeing with you John though. Needs. Uh, I do think some people are going to agree with me, but here we go. Orange Fizz on Twitter. Fizz feedback. This is where we put out our polls every Wednesday, and we'll shout out all the answers from you, the actual listeners and our fans. So first Fizz feedback, other than Sean Tucker, because that's the easy answer, who or what has impressed you most so far this season? The defensive line, the linebackers, the offensive line, or the quarterbacks? John, what did you go with? Easy answer here. It's obviously the defensive line. Every other position group, you either expected anemic play or you expected dominance in talking about the linebackers in that one there. So it's easily a defensive line for me. I'm going to go linebackers. I knew the linebackers uh, were going to be good. I, I had some questions good. about them because they still were a question mark when rush defense came up last season. Remember how bad Syracuse was on rush defense last year? It. They were horrible. So I was still questioning them, and they have. I think they're the best unit on this entire team. So I'm going to go linebackers. Uh, the people also agree with me because why wouldn't they? 54 percent of the vote. So take that one, John Eads. All right, let's go to our next Fizz feedback. How many ACC games will Syracuse football win? Zero, one to two, three to four, or five plus. Uh, obviously, you're the optimist of the group. I will let you answer first. I got three to four, and oh, I was pretty confident take. coming into this season. No, it's not, because I had them winning three coming into the season, and now we're starting to see a lot of injury problems. I didn't pick Boston College as a win entering the season, but now they've lost Phil Dracovic, and we'll see how they can recover from that. they got Dennis Grossell back there, Syracuse can fans. You, I remember, might remember can, him from the 2019 game. Can what? you walk me through who are your three to four? Sure, sure. Florida State off the top of my head, I know is one. I got Louisville at, as a win. They've FSU just looked too. god off. FS, yes. Florida State You're, lost to Jacksonville State, and they just lost that. to Wake by three touchdowns. It was also touchdowns. a walk-off. It was also a walk-off, but I just want to point okay, out. Okay, you should still not be losing to an FCS team as Florida freaking State, Jaron. I agree. We're on the same page. I'm just, I'm just Are trying to though? play. I'm, I love to play devil's advocate. That's the whole point. That's that I'm I actually think that's my entire job here as the host of this show just to just to rile you up. 
All right, so you got at FSU. Who else you got? Yep, at Louisville off a of bye week. I got them winning that one. Okay. And then I was kind of going back and forth on both Boston College and Pitt. I think I ended up picking Pitt as a win in the season finale, and that BC game could hinge on – if and this, this Liberty game as well. If Syracuse want, wants to make a bowl game, get its sixth win, that BC one is one to circle, I think. Okay. Uh, here we go. I went one to two because I'm the pessimist of the group, as mm-hmm. as very well documented on this show. Uh, I think, and I'll, I'll walk through my possible wins. I'm not marking these downs as definites. Uh, these are the possible wins. You got the BC game now that Dracovic is out. You got Wake Forest because Wake Forest is always bad. However, oh, they, no way. No they, way. They no look, way. They look okay so far this season. Sharon, I'm the optimist, and I'm telling you Syracuse is not beating Wake. Continue. Okay, fantastic. That helps my argument even more. Uh, at Louisville, and not I think really. at, at at FSU, even though I gave you some crap for it, I don't think that is going to be a win. Um, I would love it to be because I will be down there in Tallahassee, um, but mm. I would at least put it on the list of possible wins. So I think they have one or two ACC wins in them. And again, the people agree with me. 43.5% of the votes just barely edging out your 3-4 to four, uh, by about a, a 0.9% of a percentage point. All right. Yeah, uh, talk to me in December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, last fizz feedback. Here we go. What is going to happen with Friday's game against Liberty? Syracuse wins by 1-7. to seven. Syracuse wins by a touchdown plus. Liberty wins by 1-7. to seven, Or Liberty wins by a touchdown plus. John, what do you got? Well, I just want to point out that some of those answer options are redundant, but that's besides the point. I got Syracuse between one and seven. Wow! So you got Syracuse winning this game? It's yep. just I I can't really check get out over check out the crystal ball predictions on the site. You oh, of these. course, I I was actually going right to that, John. I was about to give that exact pitch. Make sure you go check out our crystal ball predictions. OrangeFizz.net is where you can find that. Uh, if you'd like to know mine in a verbal setting it's liberty 34 syracuse 24 so i got the flames by a touchdown plus uh yeah you also picked ohio to beat syracuse i'm just throwing that out there sure you know sometimes people (laughs) make mistakes sometimes people make mistakes john uh and they can own up to it and right now i'm owning up to it so i did get that one wrong and i think i'm gonna get this one right and when i do I'm going to play this back for you and then laugh in your face. All right. So I got Syracuse uh, losing by 10 points, and the people on Twitter have Syracuse winning by 1 to 7. 37% of the votes. Uh, So congratulations on that one. Chauncey McCollins, who commented on it, and if you ever want to comment, we will always read them out. Cuse by 3 and a nail biter is what Chauncey says. So. Appreciate your fandom, Chauncey. Hopefully you listen to these, uh, and hopefully you continue to comment. Uh, But that's going to do it for Fizz Radio. John, thanks so much for hopping on and filling in for Matt. I appreciate you. I appreciate all the listeners for tuning in each week. We will be back later. Syracuse and Liberty, Friday Night Lights. We will see who is right with all of our takes. Uh, Enjoy the game, and we'll catch you next week.